three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino, and my guest today is one of the world's leading authorities in the entrepreneur lifestyle, global speaker, has spoken at over 200 events internationally. He's the CEO and founder of the Entrepreneur Lifestyle, helping overwhelmed entrepreneurs to become more efficient and boost business success. Welcome, everybody, Ben Ivy. Oh man, those sound effects are amazing. <laughs> Good to have you here because we will talk about the core seven that will help us become less of a business operator and more of a business owner. So much needed right now. And my favorite topic because it saved my life. Uh, and uh, yes, from being super stressed to being relaxed and having time to to meet with wonderful people like right now. So welcome. What are you currently creating, Ben? Sure. So uh, for me right now, I'm uh, currently upgrading one of my programs called the the Entrepreneur Lifestyle Accelerator. So when everything happened last year, uh, I was used to speaking a fair amount, as you mentioned, right? So I'd fly to China, I'd fly to LA, and I was used to doing a lot of talks. So I uh, digitalized a lot of my content last year. So for me right now, I'm just creating uh, that platform and just upgrading more of the content just so I can serve more uh, more entrepreneurs online. Cool. Where can people find it? Uh, sure. So they can go to my website. So ben-ivy.com. Uh, so I-V-E-Y. And then the Entrepreneur Lifestyle Accelerator is there. And yeah, it's, it's been wicked getting trainers to go through it, seeing the results. It's It's, it's been a really fantastic journey for me. Cool. And um, so why? what are the core seven? Sure. So the, the the core seven was a was a concept that um, was introduced to me many many years ago, and it was when I had a, a one on one uh, session with a guy who was a multi millionaire, and I was sharing how I wanted to build up a coaching business. I wanted to be able to travel to China, all these places, and he said to me, "Look, Ben, there are there are seven things in business that you need to be able to do, and you need to delegate everything else." And I said, "Okay, so yeah, what, what are these? What, what are the seven things?" He said to me, it completely depends on the person, right? So sit down and think, what seven things should you own and be responsible for in your business? And as I did that, I started to look into my core seven areas that I wanted to really focus on, and then I outsourced everything else. And what's great about this is when we look into becoming a business owner as, a, as opposed to a business operator, it's understanding what are you responsible for, and then turning it into a core six, core five, right, core four, and you start to move yourself back until you can actually be that business owner and actually take a step back fully from what you're doing. So I found this a really, really fascinating concept, and it's one of the things that I use very regularly with clients so they can identify where they're spreading themselves too thin and where they need to hire someone to actually take on responsibility so they can offload and delegate the work that they're taking on. Cool. And so uh, how many cores do you have now? <laughs> 
So for me right now, uh, I'm still focusing on my core seven. And the reason why I say that is that for me, when I'm when I'm setting up the business in China, when I'm setting up the business for myself, I think seven's a really great number to really focus on and constantly improve. But through the through the years that I've done this, I've real I feel very fortunate that I've started to you know outsource obviously a lot of what I do, got my trainers, and as I'm running different businesses and expanding it, it's great to be able to use that and apply it and to see the impact that it has. Absolutely. So how does one start? The first step is making a list of the seven most important things, right? And how do we start delegating the rest? Sure. So I, I think that whenever you look into business, it's thinking, you know, number one, you've got cash flow, right? So that, that, that is your most important thing. I think cash flow is king. And it's understanding what is actually going to impact your bottom line and, and what makes the most sense to start to delegate first. And this is where when someone first does it, let's say they're starting their business, they probably have a core 30, right? You've got so many different things that you're doing. And I think understanding those roles, understanding what you're doing, and then breaking it down and thinking, is there anyone else I can bring on board? Is there any other member of my team? And what this does is it allows you to like put things into subsections as opposed to taking it on as a whole. And when a lot of entrepreneurs come to me, they're feeling overwhelmed because they're you know, running three different businesses. I had a conversation literally just before this with a lady, she's running three businesses. She's uh, got her children running about and, and it's just crazy for her, right? No wonder she's feeling overwhelmed. So it's figuring out how do you, you know, take that step back and actually look into all those different elements that you have, writing them down, and then ultimately working out what tasks you have to do in those areas and if there's anyone that can do those tasks for you. I was thinking uh, that many, many might answer right now. Yeah, I'm doing only seven things. Marketing, operations, sales, hiring, <laughs> legal, IT. It's just seven things. Yes. So it's, uh, it's obviously very common that, that when people start, you put those into very broad areas. And that's understandable, right? I think that everyone is on a, a different entrepreneurial path and often heading in the same direction. I mean, look at someone who's a business operator versus a business owner, you have that trajectory. And I think what's cool is that as you start to go through it and you can start to understand how these elements affect you, it's just like being able to look at your business in a different light and thinking, you know, is this an area which I'm which I should be running, right? Sales, legal, marketing, right? Maybe legal isn't your strength, nor accounting. Maybe that's something you need to outsource to begin with. And then it just allows you to take a step back. But I think really understanding that for you, because the truth is that there's a lot of business models out there that say, you know, these are the 10 areas of your business, or these are the 13 areas of your business. And I think that it's very important at any one time to clearly define like what you're focusing on and which areas are most important to you, as opposed to getting overwhelmed with attempting to do everything. Absolutely. I, I remember the first time that I started outsourcing the first part of the business. What a relief. It was bookkeeping. And um, oh, what a relief. And then everything financial. And then everything admin. And then um, so bit by bit. And every time I got some life back. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I remember when I was out in China attempting to 
you know, figure out social media out there, looking into translating. And I'm thinking, there's just no way I can spend hours a day trying to translate my content. Like it just doesn't work. And I think that, you know, when you can start to bring someone on who can take those tasks off your plate that are really challenging, especially mentally for some of those challenges as well, it just gives you that fresh air. So whether they're managing social media, as you mentioned, admin, whether they're, you know, running your social media, sorting out your marketing campaigns, like I think it's so important to be able to, I just bring the right people in. And I think nowadays we're very, very fortunate. And because of the rise of freelancers left, right, and center, you no longer have to have you know, full-time team members. You can actually have freelancers working on different elements, taking that role so that you don't have to have someone all the time working on the business. And I think that creates a lot of breathing space for entrepreneurs, especially as they're getting going. Who is your ideal client? Sure. So for me, it's uh, overwhelmed entrepreneurs who uh, run their business for about three to five years and they're struggling to you know, boost their income level, feeling overwhelmed and feeling a little bit stressed on where to focus. And that's really the, the people that I work with and uh, who also go through our program. And where does overwhelmed begin? Because I guess everybody's overwhelmed uh, nowadays. How, how, what, what, how do we see overwhelmed? Well, I, I think that the one of the one of the core telling things that I see is that a lot of CEOs get into this place of analysis paralysis. And the reason why I say that is that we're in a, an age now where there's this information overload, right? We're, we're bombarded with all these different techniques, these books, all these different things that we should be doing. And there's everyone's an expert out there. And it's very, very difficult to sift through the noise and actually understand the wisdom of where you have to focus. And I think that for a lot of people that come to me, whether they're running software companies or they're running um, you know, fashion businesses, I often see that they struggle with perfectionism or it's this, uh, I don't know where to focus. Like I, I literally don't know what direction to put my business or they've hit a uh, business income plateau and don't know how to overcome that and that's often where we come in and figure out you know what do you need to prioritize how do you manage your time better how can you actually start to move yourself forward more sustainably than drowning in a, in the never-ending task and keeping busy as opposed to being productive good stuff and i am curious who you nominate for the strategy award after one word from our sponsors Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. You can pick only one person when everybody's zigging, this person is zagging, but they are doing the right thing from your perspective. Who do you pick? Sure. So for me, uh, there's a guy called Raph Adams who I think is a, is a really cool dude. He's, a, he's called the Suited Monk. I, I think he's a, he, he's a very close friend of mine. And, and I think that he has a very interesting perspective on life and certainly, certainly zigs when other people zag. Um, he has run a business out in China. He moved to Barcelona. And for him, you know, he was looking online a, a long, long time ago. And I think what's fascinating about his business model is combining spirituality as well as cryptocurrency. And for me, I, I think that's such a such a crazy cool uh, combination. And I think that that kind of niche is just brilliant. And for, for him to be able to, you know, he, he moved to Barcelona, he taught himself Spanish. Uh, obviously, he learned Chinese and we were chatting in Chinese previously. But to be able to make that kind of move, I think, is really ahead of the game. And it's really differentiating yourself from other people. And I think that when we're in this world of noise, being able to really find that niche and stick to it is something that's brilliant and doing something that's a little bit different to what most people expect. Spirituality and Bitcoin. I can send him immediately 200 friends in California who will book it. They they do nothing else the whole day. 
Amazing, amazing. Very cool. Three books that shaped you most. Sure. So I, I always find this question very interesting because whenever we look into books that influence us, I think we all need different books at different times in our lives. And I remember reading one book and recommending it to a friend and he was saying that that, that, that book's terrible. Like, why would you share that with me? And I'm thinking that like, this is game changing, right? So for me, when, when I think of those books that influence me the, the most on my journey, one of the ones that really comes up for me is The Power of Now with Eckhart Tolle. I thought that was a, a really fascinating book that just gave me a bit of a perspective of being in the now and not getting caught up in the stress and the challenges that, that, that we all experience. I also find um, the the alchemist an interesting one, you know, the, the way of the peaceful warrior as well. I, I think that those two are really brilliant ones on kind of life's journey and understanding you know, how to move forward. And then yeah, when I think of a sort of stereotypical one, I, I think of Think and Grow Rich. And I think specifically from that book, it's not just the book in and of itself, but I think the mastermind principle is really, really fascinating. And I think that being able to actually apply that specific principle from the book is, is incredibly important. I think a lot of people get lost in diving into too much detail, but I think specifically the mastermind from that, I thought was very powerful. Absolutely. And you got some feedback from Professor Yagdish Kadri. Thanks for the insights and right emphasis on focus and prioritizing. Fantastic. <laughs> What are you excited about looking forward with your business? Sure. So for me, what, what I'm really excited about is uh, having a more scalable business model. I used to have to fly a, a lot as, as an understatement. Like I was saying, I was flying every month or so to different places. And, and for me, what I'm very excited about is scaling up my business with my trainers and having them take more and more people through the program because I think that allows me to take a step back. And then once I've built that up uh, where it's you know, very sustainable and it's running without me, I want to be able to expand my influence in China. Uh, yeah, I, I love being out in China. I did the TED Talk uh, in Chinese. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating place to be. And for me, I just want to have a bigger impact out there. So I'm very excited to give back and you know, find the right partners out there to be able to have a bigger influence out in China too. Oh, this is something special because most U.S. people here on the show and most European on the show kind of not really use what's going on in China. And reality is they are crushing it. And uh, Europe and the U.S., we are so much behind and their execution power Uh, is amazing and there are huge markets and very few of, of us um, use that can you tell us a little bit more what what are you what are you uh, doing with the Chinese market sure so I've been in and out of China for about um Eight, eight, nine years, something like that. So uh, I, know the, I know the Chinese market pretty well. I'm pretty well connected out in China. And I, and I think what's fantastic uh, in China is that if you know the right people, it becomes a really great place to do business. And I've had a lot of opportunities there to be able to meet some very influential people, to be able to speak on different stages. And I think that when we look into opportunities and where the world is moving, I thought that you know, China was a place that, where there wasn't a saturated market. There's a lot of opportunities there in order to grow. And I think that going out there and seeing the opportunities is really important. One thing that I think that a lot of people miss out on is they attempt to go there and use the, their Western strategies, Western ways of marketing in order to influence yeah, the Chinese market. And there's you know, countless stories of different businesses attempting to go there 
building up a business, then completely failing. And I think that's where you've got to be able to do your research and have the right partner and make sure you get the right one. Otherwise, you're going to get screwed over in China to be able to you know, help you build something up and really take advantage of, of an opportunity that a lot of people don't think about. Cool. How did you start? So you have now trainers doing the, the fulfillment for you, right? Yeah, so, so I've got, um, in 2017, uh, or maybe the end of 2016, I, I signed my first uh, trainer up to kind of certify them uh, as entrepreneur lifestyle coaches and starting things moving forward. And then, you know, since then, I've been fortunate to you know, certify people um, from all over the world. And for me, it was giving them an opportunity to also speak and have an impact. So I've been doing that, obviously, in China. I've got my business out in China as well as the UK. So it's, it's just a great opportunity to have a wider net and to have an influence on other people that don't really get that uh, opportunity because many people right now listening go oh i want a certification model also how how did you start uh what was what was your insight how how to start something like that uh sure so how, how to start the business or how to start the certification the certification model Sure. So for me, the certification model was I had a guy come up to me called Mark um, and he said, yeah, Ben, I'd love to, to do what you do. And I said, absolutely not. Do you have any idea how long it would take me to kind of teach you something like this? <laughs> right. But yeah, he, he kept asking. And three months later, I said, I'd give it a go. And there it was just digitalizing the knowledge that I learned over the years that I did this. So, you know, stuff I learned from Tony Robbins or from neurolinguistic programming or being able to you know, digitalize and, and think about the experiences that I've had, film interventions that I do with people and ultimately, you know, teach someone else to do the same thing. So it was a really fascinating model to do. And I'm so glad that I did it because it's made me like four times more, more productive of what I do, being able to actually help others to do the same. So for me, it was a really fantastic opportunity. And I think that being able to look at how you can you know, diversify your income streams, serve people in a different way, is, is just another fantastic revenue stream to be able to add to your, uh, to your basket of, of um, businesses. Because many people approach me because we have a certification model and they say, yeah, but Simon, but how can you ensure the quality? It looks scammy to have just like a franchise and I go, yeah, you don't need to organize it that way. For example, we meet every Monday and we discuss every client. So it's not a an anonymous network or a franchise. It's it's really a team. We meet, we discuss, we make sure the quality is high. Uh, how do you make sure the quality is high? Yeah, so I keep um, I keep tabs on all the clients that they're working with. And one of the things that I think is really important to build in is having that wow factor. So one of the things that I really wanted to do was to reproduce the experience that people get one-on-one -on -one with me, but also with a trainer. So I'll, I'll share a, a little secret that I love doing this. I'm so glad that, that I've done it. Honestly, it's been game-changing. So one of the things that I used to do in my seminars is to have a wheel and I used to spin it and people used to get a prize, right? Well, when people do coaching with us I, I figured you know i can't really do that when i've got trainers in different places like i'm not going to send them a physical wheel so i managed to uh, get a like a digitalized version 
And what I do is when people are on track, when they're starting to move forward, they spin the wheel, they get a prize, they're happy, they go for a massage or they go for dinner, we take them on an experience. And having that built in so they know session two, that's gonna happen, right? When they hit their first like, landmark, when they, when they complete something, it, they're gonna do it again. And having those sorts of elements built in has been really, really powerful so that I know that they're moving forward. Plus, yeah, I track everything, I see what's going on, I regularly check in with my clients too. So I'll have a random bonus call with them and I say, hey, look, how's it going? Is there anything they can improve? And I think that you must ensure the quality of what you do. And, and I definitely agree. I actually think there's a lot of franchises out there that don't do this. And what it does is it dilutes the brand and the experience that a lot of people have. And I think that's where you've got to be very wary and make sure that you understand what kind of experience you want people to have. Because when you create those raving fans, suddenly it becomes much easier. Like I remember taking on a, a lady literally earlier this year called Fabi. And after the first two months, she signed her husband up to do the same thing, right? And I think that's that's great having those raving fans to be able to you know, spread your word organically and to be able to stand out from the crowd. I love the flying wheel. What do they need to, to achieve in order that, that it spins? Sure. So there's there's a couple of different criteria that I have that enables them to win. So sometimes it's random and I have that random element because it keeps them on their toes. And I think that's important. Other things is, let's say they are keeping accountable. They're doing what they've achieved. They've achieved like one of their goals that they set out. Then that also gets to spin it. So part of it's up to the trainer to decide when to do it. And then part of it is going to be built in. So it's random. They don't know when it's going to happen, but I do. And so does the trainer. And that way we have the best of both worlds where they're kept accountable, but there's also that element of randomness in there. And I think that's that's worked really, really well. And I'm really glad that we've integrated that in and actually created a formula that works. And I think that you've got to be able to consistently wow. It's not just about doing it once or twice. Like you have to be able to keep performing at that level. And that's worked very, very well for us. Does it also have sounds? Oh, it does have sounds. Yes, I, I, I really enjoy the, um, we often play the music. Uh, it depends on the trainer, but for me, I do James Brown, I Feel Good. And I play that as they spin. Oh, it's great, great fun. Like, I think it's important to, uh, to have that element of fun. Super cool. And what can they, what can they win? Sure. So it varies. They could win free coaching sessions, massages, dinner, a healthy smoothie, a surprise gift, a free book. It varies. I've got different wheels for different things. So I like to keep them on their toes too. That's cool. I love it. And I saw Pat Flynn doing this wheel thing and I was like, oh yeah, that's genius. It's so fun. People love it. They know it from, from TV, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, go on, please. We have a question about your wheel. Gail Orenstein is asking, what is a random element? Please expound. Sure. So with regards to the, the random element, what I mean by that is that it's important that you have an unexpected element of what you do. So it's not they know it's going to happen every month or every quarter or every time that you revisit certain thing or when they achieve something, because otherwise it becomes expected. It's important to have that random element in there so that it keeps them on their toes. Like it's unexpected. They don't know it's going to happen. So, you know, I don't tell people when they sign up, hey, we're going to spin a wheel and you're going to get a prize. Right. But what I do do is it's built in there and suddenly you're uh, going above and beyond their expectations. And I think whenever you're looking in business, if you can offer that value in a way which they care about, which they receive and it makes them feel good. I think that's incredibly important. So from the randomness aspect, it's just making sure that they aren't aware of what's happening and it's not going to be every single month. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, I read this book. Um, where is it? The Power of Moments by Chip Heat and Dan Heat. 
And I was, again, absolutely clear that experience is everything, whatever, especially in professional services like ours that are um, intangible, uh, to make it an experience and to think about the the moments and how you can make them more surprising, more nurturing, more more also remarkable. This is so important. Where do you find these ideas? Like, how did you? What was the process of coming up with the idea? That is a brilliant question, and actually, I'll, I'll share a technique that I've used, which has been game changing for my business, and it's the following. So what I do is I write down what is going to be a three-star experience if someone works with me. Like three out of five star, right? Just like a hotel, you get three out of five, right? And then I go, what would a five out of five star experience be? And then what would a seven star be? And then I go 10 star, like 10 star, just out of the world, like a 10 star experience out of five. Like what the hell would I have to do for someone to be like, man, this is game changing. Like this is, this is blown everything out of the water. Like I want it. I want someone to do business with me and then then walk away and think that they'd be crazy to ever do business with someone else. So that's the kind of experience that I want someone to have when they come to us. So when I was doing this exercise, I thought, man, you know, it'd be crazy if I could just give them stuff, like give them prizes. Like when was the last time you paid for something? Thing. And then they paid for you to go have a massage, right? Or, or they or they they did something above and beyond. And I think it was that element for me that you know, really gave me some amazing ideas. And then I also do the same with clients that I take on. I speak to them. We, we sit down and I go, right, tell me, what is a three out of five, a five out of five, seven, ten? And I also get their ideas too. And by doing a combination of both, it's just allowed me to you know, come up with a few ideas that has allowed us to kind of snowball and have a bigger impact uh, with our clients over the over the years we've done this. I love the question. And it is important to start uh, low and to go up or there there is a reason why you do that, right? And not go directly for the 10 star question? Yeah, so uh, it, it works. But like, I, I literally did this a few days ago with one of my clients. And the reason why you start low is because it gets you an understanding of how you could screw up right? What, what, what would be wrong? And I think being aware of that is important to make sure that never happens. And then also it allows them to think differently. So when I go seven star, they're like, oh, you know, I'm not sure they're running out of ideas, right? Then I go 10 star and suddenly they become really creative again. And I think that you would never get that if you started off at 10. It's about building up that momentum and saying, you know, what would we have to do to go above and beyond, right? And I often use the, the hotel analogy as an example, right? You've got five star, you even have a seven star hotel, right? The Burj Khalifa. And being able to like understand that and getting that perspective of what would they have if it was that experience. And then for me, it's, you know, checking in each year, you know, how many stars that we get this year right because I'm, I'm definitely getting five like, i want to get nine or ten and i think that's a that's a great way to just level with your clients as opposed to you know one out of ten actually going for those stars instead uh, and it sounds absolutely fun even if they just implement the seven star idea it's just a fun session i love it yeah most certainly ben what are some some great podcasts that that you listen to that you want to recommend sure so i'm going to be completely honest and i need to up my podcast game but i really don't listen to that many podcasts for me i listen to a lot of audiobooks and the reason why i say that is for me um you know even though i have my own podcast even though i'm i'm on that scene i've just been very into audiobooks and i find that i like to really dive deep into different um elements so for me i use audible a lot and i listen to um, a lot of audiobooks so it would be and you're out of congruency for me to recommend podcasts that i don't really listen to but so 
to be honest, for me, it's been about um, listening to the audiobooks. And then when I do, I often look at yeah, video content or specific things when and if I need them. And and where do you take your your inspiration except audiobooks? You mentioned Tony Robbins. Are there any specific sources for your inspiration? Sure. So for me, when I look at inspiration, I, I really do turn to books. And the reason why I say that is I think that books for me offer a source of inspiration in a different level. And then I buy a lot of, you know, different online programs. Right? I, I know we both obviously have our own programs as well, but I find when, when someone has spent a lot of time diving into a program and creating something, and if it's up my street, I get very inspired by that. So for me, I'm an avid learner and I will constantly pay more to shortcut my journey so that I can keep moving forward. And I think that by having that mindset of being that ever learning student, it allows us to really you know, get into that zone, figure out how to be inspired. So for me, you know, I, yeah, I've bought a lot of Tony Robbins stuff. I've, I've done a lot of stuff on you know, marketing. I think there's loads of TED talks that I find very fascinating. And for me, it's it's just keeping that inspiration around you and looking into different elements and resources that are unexpected. And like one of the things that I also enjoy is um, just reading you know, novels and actually like diving into books and seeing what inspiration I can get from there too, like how they write, how they think. And I think that using those transferable skills allows us to get different insights in business. Absolutely, so cool. And um, who should be my next guest? So a good guest that I think would um, would offer a different perspective would be uh, Aurelian Rigat, who is um, a guy I, I know out in China very well, who also runs a business in China. Just because we chatted about China, I thought he'd be a good one. Um, yeah, there's others as well, but he's the one that comes uh, into my mind today. Oh, that's amazing because uh, China is so much under under discussed on this podcast and also in general in my bubble. Amazing. Thank you so much. Ben for being here. Hey people, if you are an overwhelmed business owner, go to Ben. Thank you, Ben, so much for being on the show. Please come back soon and uh, people can find you on which website? Is it ben-ivy.com? Yeah, so ben-ivy.com um, is good. So I-V-E-Y, I'm not a plant. And then uh, I can uh, send you other links uh, if you need me. You can find me on most social media. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Please come back soon and have a great day. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.